You know, in the 80s, people did not have the access to cameras and video and TikTok and all this stuff. So what happened was they really put entertainment on a pedestal. And so what they did is watched. They watched and watched and watched. And they dreamed of becoming on television or in films. They dreamed of it. And they practiced it in their heads over and over again. And they maybe did theater. And they practiced and practiced because that was the dream. You're listening to the R2's Fitness Audio Experience. Deadlift Podcast. Welcome to episode 3 of the Deadlift Podcast, formerly known as DK Mag. I am your host, Ken R2s. Now before I get into the podcast, a little bit about what Deadlift Podcast is all about. Well, previously I covered horror films, sci-fi and thrillers under the banner of DK Mag. And of course, COVID hit and other problems arose and I had to put DK Mag to sleep. But now, as a phoenix rising from the ashes, DK Mag is back as the Deadlift Podcast. But here's the structure here. Yes, I'll be covering themes of horror, sci-fi and thriller, but you don't have to be a connoisseur, a fan of these genres. No. What I'm providing for you, the listener, the audience, is value. And the purpose of these interviews is for you to listen and hear the creative journeys of actors, directors, producers, comic book writers, comic book artists. We want to present a platform of creativity a platform of value, a platform for inspiration because that all comes together when it has to do with fitness, wellness, and a driven mindset. With that said, I had the pleasure of interviewing Diane Franklin. You may know her from such roles as Better Off Dead, The Last American Virgin, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And in this podcast, Diane Franklin, she delves on different topics, creativity, pursuing your dreams, the 80s, AI, but most importantly, She's also promoting her latest film, Waking Nightmare, where she portrays the role as Danielle. Waking Nightmare releases on the 18th of August on all digital platforms. Now, here's the synopsis of the film. Jordan suffered 
manic episodes after the loss of her friend. Her mother has a family doctor prescribe her Ambien to help with her sleepwalking. As time goes on, Jordan has issues remembering what happened. Waking Nightmare is directed by Steve Gregg, Brian Farmer, and is written by Brian Farmer. Without further ado, I present to you my interview with actress Diane Franklin. Hi, thank you for joining me on this next episode of the Deadlift Podcast, formerly known as DK Mag. And wow, it is such a wonderful surprise to be speaking with you, Diane Franklin. I have grown, I have seen quite a few of your movies growing up and I, I wow, it is an <laughs> honor to, to have uh, yeah, this opportunity fun, to right? speak with you. <laughs> Uh, thank you for having me on the show, Ken. Very, very sweet of you to ask me to be on. Thank you. And for most of the audience that is watching this, a little bit about yourself, two minutes, origin story, who you are, your, a little bit about your career. Um, I was um, an actress. Uh, I started very early in my life. I started at 10 years old. Um, I am an actress. I, I started acting at 10 and... Uh, began with uh, commercials, modeling, theater, soap opera. And I just started, uh, I basically got my uh, feet in the door. And then in the 80s, I got my big break. Basically, I uh, all of the films that I've done are focused in the 80s. Um, and I worked uh, in such films as Last American Virgin, Amityville Part Two, The Last Amer um, Better Off Dead, uh, La uh, Better um, Terrorvision and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Um, and I also did television, Freddy's Nightmares. Um, oh gosh, uh, Charles in Charge, uh, Murder, She Wrote, Matlock. Um, and I just, I've done a lot of different films. I've been working all my life, uh, 50 years. So I have a lot of experience. Um, my uh, daughter is a filmmaker. Her name is Olivia De Laurentiis, and uh, she's an actress also. She is on TikTok uh, with her comedy partner, Sid Heller. So if you look up Sid and Olivia on TikTok, you'll see her. And uh, my son is a classical musician. As he plays in a symphony, and he plays the upright bass. And both my kids started very early in their lives working towards their goals. And I want to say that it doesn't mean that if you start later in life, it can't happen. But what it does mean is if you are doing things in your career, as I did when I was young, I mean, literally, I wanted to be an actress since I was four. It didn't happen at four. It happened when I was, I mean, it started at 10, but that's a whole bunch of years going by. And then it, it didn't hit until I was uh, 19, really. So all I can tell you is, I mean, things happened, but if you want to be an artist, you need to give yourself the room. I always say you might be ready to perform. The world may not be ready for you. So what does that mean? You need to just keep uh, going and doing what you're doing. Get work on the side to support you financially and then make it happen. Um, I know some people who have a lot of money 
and their families support them. And I did not have that luxury. My parents were German immigrants. I had to work for every penny I had. I started early. The only advantage I had is that because my parents were open-minded, they let me start my career early. I saved my money. And then I had money when I was up on my own. But I know that that's not something that is encouraged right now because everyone spends their money. They do. They they live in the moment. And believe me, I I understand the value of that as well. I think it just has to do with your priorities, you know, and I tell my daughter that, like I say, you know, she knows like and, and my son, too, like, you know, if you want something go after it and there's nothing standing in your way except for your own self-doubt or your lack of patience or your, do you know what I'm saying? You have to, you have to want it more than you want the immediate gratification. And if you do, then things will pop. And I promise you they will happen. I promise you. I mean, I, we've gone off to another thing, but I, I tell you this because I, I know, and I've, I've lived it and I, I never thought that I would be sitting here talking with you. If you told me, I never, ever thought that. So anyway, uh, I, should I keep talking? <laughs> I have <to> <laughs> you have provided so much value in, in, the, in the opening statement. It is amazing. Before I delve into some of the information that you have provided, let's talk about legacy. What does legacy mean to you? You have a long story career. You've accomplished actress. What does that mean to you? All right. This is a great question because often the actor doesn't have control of their legacy. It is what the world needs. You know, when uh, we had the pandemic, Bill and Ted's meant so much to so many people because there was a Bill and Ted face music came out. And so all of a sudden people were watching the old films and it brought back memories, but it was also just like an upbeat time. And, you know, you could say that there's like the many movies that we should have been watching, very heavy duty, like deep films. But I would say that it's what the world needs. That's the priority. So my my thing about my career, which is interesting, is because I have a variety of genres I've done. I was very fortunate. And um, so I can reach a lot of people. Whatever I do, I try to do my best. Okay. I don't care if it's a small part, a big part. I always try to give the audience something that is valuable, even if it's an evil character. Learn from it. Okay. Um, and be just do your, you know, I always try to bring surprises to the audience. That's my gift to the world as far as what I do. Um, I will say also that I recently thought about this because. Uh, and I'm bringing this back to Waking Nightmare. Waking Nightmare is a very interesting project. And talking about legacy, I'm going to bring this full full circle. Um, I've always loved horror films. I think they're sort of like a rite of passage for actors to go and do. I also think there's a right there a they are a rite of passage for the viewer because when someone watches a horror film, they go from child to a little bit more adult child to teen it's a difference you have to be it's the first time that as a as a kid at least in america you are in a situation where something is not comfortable and can you handle it and that's a practice for life right so okay yes we love the scariness and stuff and there's a lot of stuff that engages us but yet can you face your fears this is practice for life right and i strongly recommend those people who love horror 
can face their fears. We don't go into the, I can't do with it, make believe everything's perfect world. We go into the, you know what? Things are hard and I can handle it. And that's, that is a very, not everybody is ready for that, you know? So it's diff, it's developmental, right? For me also, uh, horror brings a creativity, beautiful, like, I mean, special effects and like the artwork, I have props to that. I'm not a big on gory horror. I'm into more like the invisible man, like that scares me more. <laughs> You know, that that kind of thing. But I will tell you that um, if you like horror, that is an indication of your deepness, of your um, bravery and of your strong character. Uh, the horror community is very close and good people. And it doesn't matter if you have money or not. You are there for each other. It's an emotional place. Um, and you are unique and different and and special okay so there's a whole world that i embrace within the realm of horror okay and by the way you know obviously horror has so many different there's boutique horror now that's what's so great about the internet you can go to different parts of it and find your people right so you find your friends uh and those are people you can trust right like once you find your people those are people that you're hoping you can trust and i i really feel like the horror community it's, you know, people are, people are scared of it. They don't, they haven't matured yet to that level, I guess say. Um, there's a maturity you need to do to have it. Anyway, cutting to this back <laughs> to the story. So when I did Waking Nightmare, I worked on the film. I loved playing my part. You will see, if you have remembered me from the 80s films, you're going to be shocked when you see this. I, if you want to remember me as a cute French girl or a, uh, a um an english princess you may not want to watch this film this <laughs> might change how you feel about me i i kid you not it goes a whole other direction uh if you can remember that it's just acting then you can watch it then it's fine um but what happened was when i did the film and i got, I got to work with great actors and i want to talk about them as well i'm i'm just shifting to what we talk about legacy i mm -hmm. worked um i did my daughter was able to, she's an actress and um, her name is Olivia De Laurentiis and she was in the film as well. And she did a small scene, uh, one scene um, that the directors thought she might be good for. And when she read the script, she was totally into it and she was completely committed and she's a professional and she does, she did a beautiful job, a beautiful job in her scene. But what happened was it was the last day of shooting and I'm not going to get into the detail of it, but it became almost karma that oh. I then had my waking nightmare moment. And what I mean by that is there was a waking nightmare for me in the film. And so I almost did not do press for it, which I'm doing now. I mean, I almost didn't, but I talked to my daughter about it and we worked it out and we discussed it. Um, and so, it, and we, she agreed that, I mean, she wanted me to do what felt right. And I said to her, well, I'll feel it out, you know? So uh, what I'm saying to you is that what's interesting is that even within the world that I'm in and even having my own daughter in it, you know, my own personal experiences conflict with all this, a lot of the stuff I do sometimes. I only, I always have my experiences and I have to work through things myself. Um, so my legacy, and that's why I'm bringing this up, is 
to bring the truth and to let just lay it down because that is really like I have no I'm not a judge in it I love the film I tell you I kid you not I I it's a super indie film it's I've it's if you it's indie don't expect a polished film it's raw okay this is a really cool film which is why I originally thought okay my daughter can be in it and by the way she was an adult like she was I think 19 or 20 when she did it so she wasn't a kid um and she made her own decision but I will say that within that that world the the entertainment business is always a delicate place and it might be right for you but not for someone else and only you walk through that door so um it it is conflicting for me and i i want to bring that up because i'm going to talk all positively about the film but i do wanted to to bring it up because you're talking about legacy and really the point is that i go through this journey and i'm still going through it and the fact that my uh, originally i was not going to do publicity at all because of this incident but you know in the 80s people did not have the access to cameras and video and TikTok and all this stuff so what happened was they really put entertainment on a pedestal and so what they did is watched they watched and watched and watched and they dreamed of becoming on television or in films they dreamed of it and they practiced it in their heads over and over again and they maybe did theater and they practiced and practiced because that was the dream uh, better to do that at the beginning than to surprise people anyway Let's move on to the film. <laughs> um, Once again, great, great value, uh, valuable information there. And I'm going to head back to the to the opening statement about knowing when you're not ready to go into the arts. Uh, right now, we're 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 in a time right now where everything is easily accessible for people. Mm -hmm. Social media, TikTok. Uh, cameras, everything's accessible. In our times, we didn't have this. So, some pe people may find fright in front of the camera. Some people may find uh, they they may be an introvert and they have trouble speaking. So, in that situation, they want to progress. They want to become a performer. Uh, mm -hmm. What is your perspective on that? How should they choose? Should they choose to do that at the site as you have uh, elaborately laid out, work a day job and do your thing, or just jump on into it? Uh, talking about fear in the sphere of uh, horror films, just jumping into the fear, jump up with your parachute and open up and see where it takes you. Uh, that's an excellent question. Um, so here's what I feel. Okay, first of all, in life, if someone makes you do something, that is not the right place to come. The most important part of performing and, and doing things, and, and by the way, you are correct, okay, but they, because they could not access it. Part of that was actually good training because if you want something, you can't have it, then you work on it. But today, because it is so easily accessible, on one hand, um, it's obviously great for anyone who's creative because you can now express yourself your way and you can put it together and you can make it exactly your way. Um, but back then, you had to have a lot of people behind you to go forward. And even then, once you got, let's say you had a project, you were moving forward or you were performing, 
believe me, the, the way it started was never the way you imagined because there were many people along the way, especially people with money who had their say. Whoever has the money has the say. So if you have a movie idea and you want it written and someone else takes it and writes it and then somebody says, well, listen, I've decided I want it to be let's do this animated and you were like thinking live action or they were thinking, let's make it a musical. And you said, well, no, it's a drama. And I just, so what happens is the difficulty in the eighties was yet getting what you wanted to have made, made the way you wanted, not happening, not the advantage today is yes, the way you visualize it, the way you want to have it, you can make that happen. You can do it. You can write it, direct it, you know, act in it. Um, I've seen a lot of people do some creative work. You can have your voice. Um, does that mean it's going to hit? No, it doesn't. But it does mean you can express yourself, right? So I've seen people who are very talented and they express themselves and it's beautiful work, but the world doesn't need that right now. The world doesn't understand it. Maybe the world doesn't get it. And that's okay because the fact that you produced it means someday somebody will get it. Somebody will look at it and go, oh, look at this jewel. I have, I can't believe this has never been seen. Or wow, they were thinking that way back then. I have, I'm surprised. Like I didn't know that they were that intelligent <laughs> or they had those thoughts. So that's the first piece. Now, as far as performance, now we're talking about the people who want to shine, the people who want to be on stage. They secretly maybe have never told anyone. And believe me, I was one of those people. Even though I wanted to do it at such a young age, I was very shy. I never said what I thought. I was much more, um, I was quiet. I thought it was very bold to say my thoughts. Um, and I, but I was a very good, ob an observant person. And I watched uh, other, what other people did, but I also had so much happiness with inside me. I was like so much genuine joy in my personality that I was always putting it out there, like naturally, like it was just a, it was an interesting combination. Um, but I do understand what it is like to be shy and to go outside your comfort zone and to make mistakes, like put yourself out there. The one thing that I did have, which a lot of people don't necessarily have, is family support, which meant my parents were, they adored what I did, no matter what it was. They were like, you know, you just be you. And so that's a huge gift. And it made me brave. All right. So what you have to do is if you don't have anybody who who is in the immediate family who backs you, you have to find people who back you and who believe in you. This is really important. Your support system is your, are your friends are the people who back you. Okay. And then do you jump into the pool without knowing how to swim? Well, there are people that do, and there are people that are told to like, you might, you know, sometimes you hear about people being discovered. Oh, you have an amazing voice. Just do it, do it. Okay. If you are discovered, you are given instructions of how to do what they need you to do. And you do it like that's, you know, a lot of people are brought in, whether it be entertainment and singers and stuff, and they are found by someone who sees something in them. Maybe they have an incredible voice. Maybe they have a great stage presence. Maybe they just have it and they'll say, okay, go do it. And that actor or that person, that artist has to trust the person who's guiding them to do it. And that's where it gets tricky because who is guiding you if they are have 
you know, ill intentions, you could get in bad, a bad situation. So you have to trust your gut. If it feels weird, it is weird. If it feels bad, it is bad. And don't talk yourself into it not being because your gut will tell you the truth. But today we don't need that person to discover you. That's what the beauty of what you're telling me is, is that we can do it ourselves. So here's what I tell you. Life is, I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to say finite as much as we, we, we have a, a place that is a sweet spot in our life. The beginning of the life, it, it takes a while to ramp up. And at the end of life, we slow down. So we have this beautiful time of life in the middle. And we need to take advantage of that opportunity of life because it's not forever. So if you are, I don't care if you're like 65 years old and you've always wanted to be an actor but never did, why not? You've been listening to other people's voices in your head your whole life. It's time to listen to your heart right? And try it. So I have an example. A friend of mine is an Oppenheimer and he's acted his whole life waiting for that break. And he's done small jobs. Da, 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 da. He started in his thirties. He wound up getting this part in Oppenheimer and it is the biggest thrill just to have been there to work on this film. And I said to him, do you know what? If that film becomes an Oscar, Oscar winner, which it very well could be, you'll be in an Oscar winning film. And if somebody told you that, you would have been like, no, that's not possible. But even I haven't been in an Oscar winning film. So what I'm saying is, you just keep doing what you want to do. Don't worry about what other people say, because ultimately in the end, this is your window. Okay. And if you do, I want to see it. All right. So just let me know. Okay. This is very important. I want to know. Amazing. That is great. Great advice right there. And it's all about, uh, to, to add it to that, is uh, not have regrets. Because if you're 65 in a rocking chair and you think back, I missed this opportunity, I missed this occasion, maybe you could have had that moment to shine, but then it may be, quote unquote, too late. But yeah, there is, you're absolutely right. There is, there is no age to, to pursue your dreams. Hey, we've had There's room for we more success. And don't be shy. And guess what? What's really funny right now is we're embracing individuality in our culture. This is yes. the time. This is it. I, I mean, it is a golden moment. And if you, if you miss it, a year from now, we might be totally different. It might be much harder. I mean, what if the internet was, you had to pay for everything? And you, what if we couldn't do these, you know? Um, what if YouTube is being, you know, we had to pay for everything seriously. And don't think it might not be it. It's yeah, it will happen. Yeah. So it will happen. it's real. Oh, absolutely. And jumping for the remaining minutes of the interview, jumping into your film, Waking Nightmare. Uh, from your yes. point of view, because you, you had mentioned it earlier in the interview, horror films has its layers. You have creature features, you have this, but what all horror films have in common is the social commentary. So in your opinion, when you read the script, what was the social commentary you got from Waking Nightmare? Oh, this is a great question. Um, I thought it was really creative and unique. Um, I have never done a film that was, well, first of all, it was so gripping. I knew that it, I wanted to do it because emotionally I was hooked. And when you do a film, 
if you're reading it, if you're not emotionally hooked, then it's gone. You're gone. Um, I was shocked that my character was so part of it. In as It's a story about the young girl. Shelley Regner, by the way, is excellent in this movie. I mean, she's been in Pitch Perfect films, but you will love her in this. And she is so relatable and she is so pretty and she is so... Um, raw with me we got into some great acting that together um i really respect her and i think she did an excellent job and um jamison newlander who played my husband we had great chemistry um i felt like we balanced the film together um but and when i got the script i was like I thought, wow, this is a very interesting film from a college girl. You usually hear about like, you know, the teen story or the little kid story, but this is a college girl with her family. You very rarely see that in a movie and the dynamics and the parent-child dynamics, but also like the honest struggle that kids are really going through today, going home, having to deal with their parents again, having to deal with the emotion and then the parent wanting to get in their business and the struggle that is happening today. I think it's very current and I I like how, I mean, and I say this, I like how weird it is. It's weird. And I like that. <laughs> Just it, even the, the credits, like when you see the credits, the graphics, I love that. I thought, Oh yeah. Like I love seeing my name in that graphic because it was just so creative did, did you see the film? Yes, I saw so the film. So you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. And also, you had mentioned the comparing your previous work to this work, and I, I concur. Yes, it is uh, apples and oranges seeing you in this type of role. Like, Whoa, where did this come from? Nice. Very good. Thank you. Um, along uh, in the eighties, I did a movie called Summer Girl, and uh, it was a a movie of the week. And I I I played an unexpected character that has a lot of layers as well. But this one is even more so. It's mm -hmm. because it's I think a little bit more graphic. So it's you just did not expect this ha to happen in the story. I yeah, don't think. Yes, I, I admit. I, I think people will be afraid good... of me. I think. <laughs> You know, I, well, I always think about De Niro and like people going up to Mr. Mr. De Niro, nice to meet you, being afraid of him. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, I think people are going to be afraid of me now. <laughs> so I'm going to jump the gun. Now that you have your taste of horror films, would you find yourself in this uh, genre more often? Well, I've, I have been, um, I have done a couple of, of other projects in the horror realm, I did a film called Paradolia, which is a short film. I usually don't do short films. I did one other called Falling Up, which I loved. It's a it's a um, a period piece, and I actually won a Best Supporting Actress and for at a film festival, some the Hollywood Internet in, Independent Film Festival, which I was beyond honored because it was the first award I ever got. Um, but the other um, the other film Paradolia is showing at fe uh, fest. Film Fest in the UK. It's coming out in October. Um, I just like that. I, I like these films because they are touching worlds that have not been touched before. Paradolia deals with you know seeing an image and imagining something in it, and Waking Nightmare deals with the sleepwalking and Ambien. And I just have never seen a film that took on that subject matter. So that excites me. I really like that. Awesome. awesome. And 
what surprised me i i know you 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 had mentioned earlier there was a little thing going on with the with the film and you find yourself here promoting the film my opinion it, it just went over my head i thought that you know what surprised me that you're you're promoting the film because of the sag after strikes all the actors are not promoting their films at all because of this whole thing that's going on so one of the topics that they were elaborating for their strike is ai the implementing ai so in your opinion do you think ai is going to hinder or assist creativity moving forward oh i I don't know. Okay, so first of all, by the way, the reason why I'm doing this, these interviews, is because this is an indie project, and it's going to be distributed on an indie platform, which is different. It's not on streaming. It's not on, uh, you know, Amazon. So as far as I've been told, then that's why I'm doing these interviews, because it is completely independent. The union and the strike is about the main studios where they need oh. to, you know, work out deals because they're getting the most of the income. The little guy isn't, it's the big people, you know, who are getting the income. Um, and okay. So the, what was the question? <laughs> it, just, <laughs> you, it was a good question. I want to get it. Um, the AI. Oh, AI. Your opinion. AI. Yeah. One of the, one of their, one of their uh, yeah. topics is it would hinder their creativity. So in your opinion, oh. do you think it hinders or, or assists with creativity moving I forward? I think that, the AI is a, it's a wonderful thing for the people who are doing the engineering to do that. It's a cool idea. Um, I think very, I mean, I think it's, it's a phase. Um, it's going to be a phase. People are like, oh, what's AI? Let's try that. But, but it'll never replace the people. And I think that in the interim, the actors absolutely should be compensated for their image being used. I mean, it's just simple. It's just like anybody would, if you was somebody was taking your identity, you would say, well, you know, if you're going to be making money from that, then I should be compensated. I think that's a no, the no brainer. Um, no brainer. But I think the AI experience, I think it's fascinating because it's, 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 it's the future, right? Like it's a fascinating, I mean, in, in movies, it's a horror film in itself, you know, um, so I think the subject matter is interesting, but I also believe that, you know, it, it's like they're saying robots, you know, replace people. Yes, until the robots break down or until there's no electricity <laughs> or until like, you know, like, you know, AI, you know, um, I'm sure people are exploring it. I've seen some things, um, uh, but I do feel like people should be compensated along the way. You know, it's, it's just human decency. That's what it is. Let, let's let's keep keep doing things that are human and uh, about protecting rights of people and i think then everything will be fine actors would not have a problem with ai if they were going to be compensated um and if they're if they could still work you know so if actors can still work and then it's okay but if not well i don't know what to say that's not cool <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the last two questions all both on waking nightmare uh, for your character in particular what would the audience grasp with the character evolution from the beginning act one to act three because i i saw the film i know there is an evolution but on, that's on the surface well what right. what else can uh, the audience get from her i think that the audience will be able to look at this film and say okay so the mother 
daughter, father, daughter, or child, parent, child relationship evolves. It changes from when you're a little kid. It changes to when you're a teenager to an adult. And adults need to be aware that they are going to go through not every time period of a child's or a development is necessarily going to be comfortable for you as a parent. You know, it might be very easy to you have a little kid where you can tell them what to do, but then the minute they get a little older, you're going to have conflict. Okay. So at that point, maybe there's some things you need to learn. Like we all have to learn. I'm not saying each person, but each, even parents need to learn some things. All right. And then as we get older, I think that for me, the film reflects the control, the, the, when there's a possessiveness of a parent over a child and you need, as you mature to let that child be who they are. And the, the controlling aspect I think is a very interesting thing to look at. I don't judge anyone, but I will have to say that my character goes from care to, um, obsession. And I think that that is a big problem because I think a lot of people, you know, who's going to tell you that in your life, you know, if you become obsessive and even if they did, you probably wouldn't believe them because you just see that is care. And so I think there's a lot of people who don't, who are not reflecting that. And I don't know if they'll ever see that because certainly a lot of people can't tell you that, you know, even your spouse might not be able to tell you that, you know, you're being obsessive. They might try to say it in one, in a nice way, but can you seriously watch this? And so maybe it'd be interesting for people who are in their twenties or thirties to have their parents watch this with them and see what their reaction is and maybe bring out a discussion of what did you think about that mom? Like it was, yeah, like she was crazy. Yeah. Really? How different is that from you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, it's interesting, you know, it brings us, it brings thought. And that's really what all these films are about being thought provoking. That's what films should be brings discussion exactly. and thought. Great. And the final question, which is not really a question is actually an open platform for you to uh, plug waking nightmare. Where will it be released? When will <gasps> it released? Et cetera, et cetera. Well, first of all, I would follow me on social media, Diane Frank, uh, Actress Diane Franklin on Instagram and um, let's see Instagram and then Twitter. It's Diane Franklin X. act Diane Franklin eighty eight oh no s um, and then Facebook. I would go to the official Diane Franklin. You'll see it. My book covers official Diane Franklin fan group. That's me uh, because if you go to my regular Facebook, it's literally thousands of people trying to get on and I, I'm topped. They won't let me go past it. So, um, But I, the reason why I'm saying that is if you do that, you're going to know uh, the minute I know where it's released, I will announce it. But I, as far as I can tell, they have their own um, terror films has their own platform. So you might want to check that out and okay. see. So I'm excited to see it too. I know that the other cast members are all going, oh my gosh, what's going to happen on Friday? So uh, it's wild. It's a wild ride. And I think you'll love it. I think you'll love it. It's really weird. It's weird, but yes. good weird. It is so. a good weird. I love psychological horror uh, over the creature features any day. And it was a good plot twist on your, the, your character evolution. Unforeseen. Uh, the last few minutes of the film, like, okay. <laughs> Didn't see that <laughs> That's coming. That's interesting. 
was yeah. very interesting. Kudos to you. That was a great performance right there. I enjoyed thank the film. You. And uh, thank you so much for your time. We went a little bit over, but you have provided so much valuable information for the audience to absorb. Thank you for that. Thank you for your film. And it was a pleasure speaking with you. A pleasure, Ken. And thank you for your very interesting, thought-provoking questions. They were excellent. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs>